This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Joy community, here for you, here together. You are on Sat Mag with Maka and Nevin. Our apologies uh, that we're running a little bit late. Nevin, our next guest. Juliana, we're so pleased to have you on Saturday Magazine. You are indeed the recipient of this year's Human Rights Medal at the Australian Human Rights Award held in Sydney last week. Could you please tell us about your journey for justice and human rights? Where did that start and how did it bring you here? <laughs> Oh, that's uh, I've been I've been hello good morning and um, Maka and Nevena I've been reflecting on your questions and thank you for sending them. <laughs> this question is huge because um, what part of me says my journey started when I was in high school. Mm. So the structure of schools in Australia is very different from the structure of schools in my country of birth, Ghana, and. In the dark old days when I was in school, um, in, the, in, the, in the 70s, when I was in school, I was in a boarding school. And my boarding school had over 600 girls. Wow. And we had what you call an adage or a motto. And this is the, what guarded the life of the girls, the principles that was used to grow the girls in the school. And my, my school's motto was this, live pure, speak true, right, wrong, follow the king. So I want to take you to the right, wrong section of the motto, which means put right that which is wrong. And that's all about social justice. My reflection shows me that I remember my high school headmistress who had been in our school from um, Leeds in, in England, for the, not Yorkshire in England, for nearly 40 years, was a school teacher and then a high school headmistress. Mm. She would always find me at the side of, of a girl who was in, in trouble. And one day she said to me, how come before I get there, you are there already? I said, well, you know, when I hear that somebody is in strife, I cannot walk away. Yeah. And so at the speech day, she gave me an award for being a very good social worker. And I said to her, what is a social worker? <laughs> I did not understand that. That's right. And then I went home and I said to my dad, I want to help people. And my dad said, do you want money or do you want faith? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I just want to help people. And when... Bringing me to the award, when I got the award, I sent the information just went wild through all my school platforms, my old girls' platforms. And one girl wrote to me and said, your dad would have been very proud of you. He's passed on, and I think he would have been very proud of me. I don't have money, but I really do have impact and influence in the society. I came to Australia having studied women's rights women's issues in my university in Zimbabwe, where I focus very strongly on the role of women in African societies. And so when I came to Australia, I was looking for avenues to ensure that we were able to get voice for women in marginalized societies. Mm. And then I found work 
as an uh, volunteer with refugee women, as African uh, Australian National Committee on Refugee Women, and that actually highlighted my work and stepped up my work in that sense. But one more thing I will say to you: it's not about the school or only, but about the fact that in my Akan culture, we give names to people and we don't ask for the meaning of the name but we ask for the attributes that accompanies the name. Mm-hmm. My name is Ampofua. So when I mention Ampofua, nobody says what does it mean. They say, they actually say your attributes. They mention the attributes. So anyone who knows, and I say my name is Ampofua, they say, oh, okay, she, which means the one who speaks their truth to the point of tears. And I think that is the basic core of the work I do. That's where it's coming from. And your work is so expansive and it takes into account the fight against gender-based violence, which includes female genital mutilation or FGM. What's the current Mm. situation of FGM in Australia and do we have sufficient policy and regulation to effectively address and provide support to those who've been affected? Thank you. Absolutely. What we, the difficulty about looking for statistics on FGM in Australia is that you cannot find statistics except one approaches the health sector with the condition of FGM on their bodies. In 2019, the Australian Institute for Health and Welfare conducted a research in the health sector and came up with over 50,000 women and girls who have had FGM. What does that mean? It doesn't necessarily mean that people are conducting FGM in Australia. What it means is that we are absolutely clear that women and girls who have already had FGM done to them or are affected by FGM have come and migrated to Australia. So they've come with that status on their bodies already. What is important is that Australia has a clear position on FGM, which is one that FGM is a crime. So the pro- procedure, the whole practice of FGM is, is listed in the criminal code in every state and territory jurisdiction. It basically said, it couches the, the law in the fact that anyone who performs, procures, aids and abets or counsels to have FGM done to a, a young person or a girl child yeah. who is ordinarily resident in Australia will be up for up to 14 years in jail in any jurisdiction in Australia. Australia did not stop at just enacting a law. Australia um, went forward to put resources to support community in, um, around FGM. So every state has state-wide programs that supports the community, educates the community, and the, the, the programs also provide health and, and, and professional education for all necessary professions that will have to come to support the situation of FGM. Juliana, I'm very sorry. Uh, We've only got time for uh, one short reflection, but now as the winner of the 2023 Human Rights Medal, is there anything that you're looking forward to in particular working on the next year? Well, I, I want to say that this medal creates an opportunity for service. 
That's number one. So I will look to using this platform to serve around all the issues on, on gender-based violence and human rights. But I also think that this medal is an opportunity for a whole heap of people who we call people of color, calm mm. women and men, cold women and men, young African women and men. Because what you cannot be, you cannot be what you cannot see. Absolutely. And this is an opportunity for marginalized groups to see that it is possible. And that would be my agenda. Wonderful. Well, that is a very strong agenda. Congratulations again on all of your work, your advocacy, and now on this award. And thank you again for giving part of your time to speak with us on Saturday Magazine. Thank you very much, Navina and Maka. Have a good day. Cheers. You are on Saturday Magazine with Nevena and Macca. Stay tuned. We've got Professor Zach Cooper in the studio with us. A really fascinating discussion on AI. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.